Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Tony, and this is Tiki. Jumping right in this week, because this episode is actually a supplemental episode. The We started out covering the Isla del Pena cocktail by Shannon Mustafer. But rather than writing out an original, or rather than trying to write about an original modern cocktail with not much backstory, um, I decided to just reach out and see if this venerable mistress of Rome would take the time to talk to a plebeian pirate the likes of me and all of you scallywags. I was lucky enough to sit with Shannon herself and talk all about her influences, classic and modern tiki, plus a whole bunch of rum. Shannon's book, Tiki Modern Tropical Cocktails, is a must-have for any tiki enthusiast's recipe shelf. To say nothing of the beautiful photography that makes it a perfect coffee table book that's sure to get your uninitiated friends to ask questions. This is not going to be a full standalone episode, but a supplement to the interview I did with Shannon, which is available now wherever you usually listen. So, if you haven't heard that yet, I urge you to pause this and give that a spin, as it is this month's actual episode. But alas, I didn't want to not cover a drink, so I had such a good time talking with Shannon about rum and tiki that, uh, admittingly, I kind of forgot to talk that much about the drink, the Isla del Pina. The Isla del Pina drink itself is a unique play off a daiquiri, employing some of the tropical fruit and flavors we know and love with a classical use of liqueur to add refinement. What I love about Shannon's drinks is how she manipulates familiar flavors in unlikely delivery methods. For instance, the use of a pineapple liqueur rather than juice. But let's not put the rum before the horse. That's a good way to end up with a drunk horse. We'll start off with rum selection. Shannon suggests Diplomatical Planas. Um, That's their white rum offering. I like everything Diplomatico puts out. In fact, the Reserva Exclusiva has been my favorite rum for years. Aside from the Cuban Havana Club that I can't get here, obviously. So I was quite happy to see that that's the rum that she used here. As discussed in the episode, one of the reasons I chose to do the Isla del Pina was because I could find all the ingredients. Um, Or so I thought. Turns out that Diplomatico is changing distributors here in Nashville and is held up in legal limbo right now. Essentially, the distributor who can sell it can't have it, and the distributor who has it can't sell it. And the wheels on the bus go round and round. If you listen to the episode, you will have heard Shannon talk about preferring light rums, one of her favorites being the Real McCoy 3-year. This is a spirit I had worked with before when exploring light rums, um, and it came close to the Cuban Havana Club that I liked, but eventually I settled on Flor de Cana for some time as being like my Havana Club substitute. Much like with cigar tobacco, Nicaragua has grown to give Cuba a run for their cooks in the rum category. Yet, although the Flor de Cana four-year white has the crisp fruitiness of a good column still Spanish rum, it lacks the earthy body. The issue of my new favorite white rum was instantly solved when I retasted the real McCoy three-year with my now more refined palate. I know that sounds douchey, but it's the best way to say it. I know my rums a little bit more now, and I know what I like a little bit more, and it changes. The texture of this aged light rum produced by the famed Foursquare Distillery in Barbados 
adds a delightful silkiness to everything from a daiquiri to a mojito to an Isla del Pina. <clears throat> One of the things I dislike about tiki is how our drinks sometimes play right into the stereotypes that drove the genre into cliche obscurity in the first place. We've worked so hard to prove that tiki drinks aren't simply syrupy gimmicks to sell rum drinks at the beach. Therefore, when a drink is overly sweetened, it sickens me, in my stomach and my sensibilities. If you prefer your drinks so sweet that you can't appreciate the nuance of the spirit, perhaps you should order a Mike's Hard Lemonade next time. For this reason, I love that Shannon used a liqueur in place of added sweetener here. A liqueur is a base spirit with added flavors and sugar, but before the rise of mixed cocktails, many liqueurs were either aperitifs or digestifs, used um, or served in small sipping glasses, a la limoncello, anisette, grand marnier, etc. Uh, common tiki ingredients like falernum and curacao are indeed liqueurs. For the Isla del Pina, Shannon supplements the use of pineapple juice and sugar by using Giffards, or Giffords, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said Giffards, I'm trying to make it fancy, by using Giffords Caribbean Pineapple Liqueur. Uh, my favorite attribute of Giffords Pineapple is the real fruit flavor. It doesn't taste like artificial candy. It adds a caramelly depth and elegant cocktail-esque feel. Alright, Pimento Dram is our next ingredient. Um, pimento Dram is not only a staple of tiki drink culture, but has become a fixture in my home recipes. I always find myself adding this allspice derivative to my holiday punches. We've covered Pimento Dram before, so I'll just recap. The pimento in question is not the stuffed olive you may be thinking of. This pimento, otherwise known as allspice, is a dried berry native to Jamaica and other Caribbean map dots. Along with its cousin, nutmeg, it's funny how allspice has become synonymous with fall and winter libations. Uh, pimento dram, or for the, being from the fact that it's from the Caribbean. Uh, pimento dram is a liqueur made from this creamy, nutty spice. St. Elizabeth's is the industry standard, but I hear tell that Hamilton makes a nice one. I just can't find it around me. As always, we want to use fresh lime juice. No excuse not to. Don't be lazy. And with that litany of rum and liqueurs, it may seem odd that the one thing that stumped me in this drink is passion fruit puree. I told the story in the interview, but I'll give an abridged version here. Shannon mentions in the book to try using fresh fruit when possible, but the frozen passion fruit squares by Pattaya Foods is the easiest option. I knew of this brand because Beach Bumberry suggests using it to make homemade passion fruit syrup. Of course... In the name of freshness and in my own piety, my own cocktail piety, I have always have to do things the hard way. Passion fruit is a pain in the ass to harvest fresh. The inside is not a hard flesh, but a goopy liquid filled with seeds. After separating the liquid by adding some water and straining multiple times, at least I was ready to make the drink. Much to my chagrin, the fresh passion fruit overpowered the cocktail completely. Not that it's a bad flavor, but there was no sign of any other ingredient. Then my scant culinary training came back to me. I remembered that when using fresh herbs rather than dried ones, one must adjust the amount for the disparity in potency. 
glancing over at the two remaining passion fruits, beginning to wrinkle, resembling a pair of bull testicles on my uh, <laughs> on my on my my uh, my my counter there, and uh, looking at them and thinking I have to do that all over again, and all the monotony of separating this out, I finally resigned to trek my ass down to the Whole Foods and purchase the frozen puree. Ah, this made all the difference. In a drink named for pineapple, I could actually taste the pineapple now, along with the abstract nuance of good Caribbean rum. After experimenting slightly to find my desired, my desired sweet-sour ratio, I landed on about three of the little frozen cubes being the perfect amount. Now, these Pattaya food frozen um, passion fruit, they come in these little cubes that are frozen, and they're all pretty much exactly the same size. So I wanted to figure out you know, without having to stop and crush them. You could muddle them. You can wait for them to, to melt. And they equal about a half ounce, which is, which is what Shannon calls for. But a little bit less. And it works It, it works for me. Because they are, passion fruit is very strong. And if you put too much or you put, or you use the fresh stuff, remember you have to adjust it for the, 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 the potency of the fruit. Um, I like to throw them in there just frozen because this is a blended drink, so you can just throw them right in there frozen, and you don't got to wait for them to thaw out or muddle or anything. So, what do you say? Should we uh, make a drink? Rather, let's. Isla del Pina is 2 ounces aged white rum, half ounce pineapple liqueur, half ounce lime juice, quarter ounce pimento dram, Three cubes of the frozen passion fruit puree, that's about a half ounce, and four ounces of crushed ice. Blend all ingredients on high for five seconds, then five strain into fine strain into a coupe. Garnish with pineapple fronds. The reason for fine straining is to catch any ice chunks. If you don't mind that, you can just strain it once and that will keep that frothy head across the top. I find the way to avoid all of this is to just blend it a little bit longer. It doesn't affect the drink's taste, but Shannon does specify to flash blend for five seconds in the book, so that's what I did. The first sip is cold and crisp, but textured like a fancy Prohibition-style cocktail. The pineapple comes through with a hint of tropical passion fruit. The allspice fills it out, nodding to the exotic Caribbean feel. It truly is a tropical concoction worthy of the cocktail moniker. I picked this drink because not only did it look delicious, and I like all the ingredients, but it is the actual cover art on the book. And when I passed it in the book and saw that picture again, it just, the yellows and the greens of that of that page, that picture of the Isla del Pina in the book, just popped so good. It like made me feel tropical. Like I, That is such a great picture of a cocktail with the palm fronds in the background and the color just so vibrant. I would put that on my wall in a tiki bar and just have that, you know, as a, as a decor. It's so beautiful, and the drink matches up. It makes, it definitely makes you feel like you're tropical. So, as I sit on my lanai, surrounded by colorful flowers, a potted palm tree, and my Hawaiian tea plant that I've nursed back from two winters now, I can close my eyes after a sip of Isla del Pina, and picture myself on the raised deck of a luxury hotel overlooking the ocean caressing the shore. Some yacht rock wafting on a warm breeze. What a fool believes. I take a puff from a long Lancero cigar followed by another sip. 
my wife in a beautiful sarong loosely hanging over her body, perhaps a bite of seared tuna, then another sip. Where is this escapist stream? Well, I invite you to sail away with me to the Isla del Pina. Sources for this episode could be found under the blog post for this episode at podtiki.com. I want to go ahead and get a shout out to Surfside Sips. Make sure that if you need any of your glassware, your or your glass straws, your custom glass straws, or just your regular carry with the everyday glass straws, high quality, not going to break in the dishwasher, not going to shatter. These are safe, high quality glass straws with a with a plethora of designs. And if you add Pod Tiki, all one word, all caps, at checkout. That'll grab you 20% off your order at surfsidesips.com. I really can't say enough about these. Andrew's a great guy, and he um, he makes some really cool designs. And I definitely urge, you know, gifts coming up for the holidays, perhaps. They make great gifts, too. They, he, I think he even sells little carrier cases to put them in. It's uh, it's really great. Surfsidesips.com. I use them at the house all the time. Um I, I even have the custom blowfish, pufferfish one, which is pretty cool. Um, all right, next. Uh, oh, I definitely want to give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers, um, David and the Weekend Alcoholics. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, I promise you, there's some stuff coming on Patreon. Um, just have to get through. Uh, have to get through some stuff with the. Just finished up the summer sessions EP releases, which you can now go to podtiki.com, click on the summer sessions volume one tab, and you'll be able to listen to the EP there. Four tracks that I'm really proud of that I wrote and recorded with a bunch of great guys here in Nashville and my wife producing, and I was just really proud of it. And it sounds way better than I even expected it. It sounds way better than you than um. But then, uh, 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 how do I put this? It's it's not your home basement recording. We put we spent some time with some great guys here in Nashville making it sound professional, and it's a uh, really I'm really proud of it, and I'm really proud of the work that everybody um, put into helping me make it happen. And I don't like I don't like talking about my own self. I'm horrible at self promotion, but I'm also really proud that I wrote and recorded all the tracks, and I'm I feel like they are um, a good culmination of my uh my last few years uh here in nashville and 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 traveling to the beaches and getting into tiki and um doing going out to the caribbean and i don't know i I think it's a nice blend of all of my worlds coming together so i hope you guys like it that's you that's the summer sessions volume one at podtiki.com and now and then i've got a uh, got a move coming up which is nice staying here in nashville but um there's just a bunch of stuff, summer visitors coming, going places, so I promise you I'm going to get to working on the Patreon more um, by the by the end of the summer, and if you guys, it's only three bucks a month to support the show and keep the neon lights on at the Tiki Bar around here, so if you guys can have, find it in your hearts, it's at, uh, it's at patreon.com backslash podtiki podcast, um, P-O-D-T-I-K-I. P-O-D-C-A-S-T, Pod Tiki Podcast. Um, so yeah, if you want to show some love to your favorite Tiki Podcast, um, and then when you're done with that, maybe come to me and give me some love. So, <laughs> All right, uh, what else we got here? Social media. Social media, if you want to check out, you want to follow me, I do most of my stuff on Instagram. That is pod underscore Tiki. Or if you want to follow my personal page, it's rum underscore poet. Um, 
That's more of that's more like cigar stuff and maybe some of my travels and family stuff. But if you want to follow me, go in there and follow me. Um, let me see. Most of uh, oh, so Facebook. We're on the Facebook, and we are also on the YouTube. So if you want to go to YouTube, you can follow. Um, like and subscribe on YouTube, and we can do some live videos on there. Got a couple of people away from being able to go live, so do that. And YouTube is where you can find my video-only show, Inside the Mug, which I have to go and record one this week for this this latest episode. So um, that is where I just BS pretty much like I'm doing now with you guys and have a one-sided conversation, talk about the episode, give some behind-the-scenes Inside the Mug um, stuff about why I chose that episode or what about it or things going on in the tiki world around me or in my life or whatever. So um, I would like to have some more interactions with the fans for Inside the Mug. So if you guys have any questions or if you got any comments or if you just want to bring up something that we can address on the show or um, something going on, maybe there's a tiki event or a tiki thing happening in your neck of the woods and you want to talk about it, uh, let me know and I'd be happy to talk about it on Inside the Mug. So all of that being said, most of all, I want to say thank you for listening, and please drink responsibly. My name is Tony, and this is Pod Tiki. Keep it tiki out there.